Welcome to Karate and Garage. I'm Corey Culp. I'm pretty waff. Sorry, it's one of those Mondays. Really, it's one Monday. of those Saturdays, actually. Saturday, Monday. <laughs> Saturday, Monday. Sat Satin Day? Sunday? No, that's a different Something day. Something like that. That's a different day altogether. Manic Monday? Because uh, yesterday was Easter. Yes, it was. And how funny is that, right? With, you know, Rise of the Guardians. I mean, uh, I mean, Skywalker. Not Rise of the Skywalkers. <laughs> uh, it's April 5th today. Yay, it's April 5th. Hope you guys enjoyed your long weekend. Some of you actually had Friday off, I guess, right? Some people have Fridays off, right? Yeah, man, right? Good Friday. Most people did, I yeah, think. We never know what's going on with being in the business that we're in, man. Fridays are just another day to us. Weekends, Mondays, holidays doesn't mean anything to us. Right. Don't, like sometimes, yeah, it just depends. I've been on, it's funny, man, depending on what show I've been on shows that you don't have good Friday off and you have Martin Luther King day off. And then I've been on shows where you work on Martin Luther King day. Cause you'll be off on good Friday, which is weird. Like the union, it's a union thing because there's so many union holidays you get paid for. And sometimes right. it's so, yeah, it's weird, man. I was off this. I was off on good Friday this year. You know, it's coming back. <laughs> no. Well, with my first choice for our kickstart today is a movie I've already seen and I love the shit out of, but we had to do one of those cinema at home situations because of the pandemic. And that's Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. I love the crap out of this movie. I think I might have made a kickstart choice back when it yeah, was. Yeah, did. Back when it I, was. Uh, that was only a few, that seems like it was only a few weeks ago. No, it wasn't a few weeks ago. February. Yeah. Well, that's a few weeks ago. No, that's three. It was a what? month and a half ago. Anyway. It's six weeks ago. One of the things I'd like to say, though, <laughs> out of the movies that have been like cinema at home pricing, this is the first one I've seen come out that was like reasonably priced because it's already kind of did, did good business. And so they're only charging 15 bucks and it is the digital DVD and Blu-ray. So if it was just a standalone Blu-ray, it still would be a deal. But I was seeing that that was a common thread. I don't know if you saw this with the movies that were getting that that limited cinema at home pricing of you know fifteen dollars or nineteen ninety nine or twenty five bucks or whatever it was to to rent it at home for twenty four hours. Most of those movies when they hit Blu ray finally were charging full twenty bucks. Like that fucking Wonder Woman movie came out and it was like twenty five dollars. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, because that thing will never pay for itself. Never. <laughs> It sure didn't generate any HBO, uh, HBO Max subscriptions. What a god awful movie! You'll never hear it flat out like just say that movie's a piece of shit. Here I am seeing it. Wonder, yeah, yeah, man. Wonder Woman uh, eighty four was awful. No comment. Yeah, it's uh, it. It doesn't even deserve the tag awful. And the reason why I'm, I'm specifying that particular title is because it did star one of the stars of Barb and Star, and that is Kristen Wiig, who actually co-wrote it with her co-star, Annie Momolo, who I love. They, they were, and I said before, <laughs> talked about the movie before, they are the writing team behind Bridesmaids. And Annie, you know from Bridesmaids, she's the panicked passenger with sitting next to Kristen in Bridesmaids. This is a super funny movie. Um, what's kind of cool, though, is there is a lenticular cover exclusive at Target, which I think is kind of cool. See the lenticular slipcover, but it also, it's the only place I've seen it noted anywhere. There's 20 minutes of bonus content, which is 
they used to do that a lot back in the day when Blu-rays were having exclusives here or this store or like Best Buy or whatever. This is the first time I've seen, not first time, but it's been a while since I've seen this, at least the title that I'm paying attention to where there, where there's a retailer has exclusive content on their, on their releases. But I think it's pretty cool. 1495 on at, at, Amazon, this uh, $17.99 for this lenticular cover at Target. But again, Target, DVD, Blu-ray, digital, you get it all. Again, I think it's pretty fair pricing. Anything over, anything over, like even $19.99 these days kind of makes me feel uncomfortable. Like, man, you really shouldn't be charging that much for this because that's how much you'd be charging if, if this movie actually went in the theater. But the thing was, Barb and Star was a big hit on CVOD. They, they did a really good, really well, really good box office if you want to call it box office, <laughs> but uh, you know, it's super funny. Again, I lamented about that before. Um, and I think my, I, mean, I think the pricing might have something to do with the fact that it's Lionsgate and not like one of the big studios. Lionsgate. Anyway, Barb and Star, go to Vista Del Mar. Totally, totally goofy. And uh, don't be mad if you don't like it, but it's a tone and it's all about the tone. The tone. The tone. So like, man, my, my first uh, is going to be, Scorpion releasing tomorrow. The Killer Elite, Sam Peckinpah's 1975 action thriller starring James Caan, Robert Duvall, Arthur Hill, who you may remember was in Something Wicked This Way Comes, which we just covered, uh, Bo Hopkins and Mako. Uh, yeah, this is kind of like, uh, I feel like this is like a redheaded stepchild in the filmography of Sam Peckinpah. It's, it's like the least seen. I think if I said Killer Lee to most people, they'd be like, oh, right, Jason Statham and uh, Clive Owen, and I would barf. But no, not that one. It is the real Killer Elite from 1975. Which, you know, Scorpion, you know, again, Scorpion, they do their homework, man. And they, and they put some, they put some stuff, they put their, uh, they, they put some things, some good stuff into these releases that they do here. Um, hold, hold please. <laughs> God damn it. My iPad fucking touched that motherfucker and disappears. My iPad. Uh, so it's, it's got a, you know, it comes with a slip cover, single disc. But there are some fun little ads here. I'm just trying to find out what they are because the page disappeared. It's a Ronin Flex exclusive. It gets the exclusive treatment, <laughs> whatever that might be. <laughs> well, right now I can't find it because my goddamn iPad just won't fucking cooperate. Anyway, the Killer Elite, Scorpion, Tomorrow. Uh, if you haven't seen it, you know, this, this is probably around the same time that Khan... Uh, after Godfather, after The Gambler, uh, or maybe before The Gambler, but coming off of like Brian's song. And so, you know, we've already seen Khan kind of play Sonny Corleone, but uh, he plays, uh, Khan plays Mike Locke. Uh, you know, he works for a private security fir uh, firm, uh, you know, affiliated with the CIA. And he's betrayed by his partner and left for dead. Kind of sounds a little bit like a Lee Marvin movie we all know called Point Blank. What? <laughs> Here's the it's very similar to Point Blank, but don't hold that against it. Um, it's a lot of fun. Bo Hopkins is in it, and Bo Hopkins is great. You know, you know Bo Hopkins from many things, one of them being more American graffiti. He shows up in that. He shows up in uh, The Wild Bunch. He's in other Peck and Paw films. He shows up. In, he's he's great in uh, 1975's The Nickel Ride. But uh, Hopkins, Mako, who's always great. Uh, Burt Young shows up in this movie. Pre-Rocky Burt Young. So he's down to his fighting weight. Whatever that is. 
uh, Gig Young shows up. There's a lot of uh, familiar faces in this uh, in this film, especially if you're familiar with like this genre, you know, 70s sort of dirty kind of grindy action movies. Uh, Duvall's great as always. It's Sam Peckinpah, man. I, I, it, I shouldn't have to sell it. It sells itself. That's right. It's on Prime right now if you want to check it out before you buy the Scorpion release. So you can, you can watch it up for free on Prime. But um, Scorpion's going to, you know, they're going to, they're putting a nice little package together. You know, it drops tomorrow. If you're not familiar with Peckinpah, where the hell have you been? That's my question. Um, but yeah, this is, this is kind of, this is after, I think this is directly after Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid and before Convoy. So, you know, it's a little bit of troubled <laughs> back and pod. And, and there's a, there's, there's a lot of stories that go along with this. And hopefully that some of that stuff will show up on the Blu-ray. Uh, but check it out. Killer Elite, 1975, Scorpion releasing tomorrow on Blu-ray. I'll fill in the couple of blanks since you were having technical difficulties. It's a 2020 restoration, brand new restoration, two new interviews. So there's one with Bo, with Bo Hopkins and uh, production assistant at the time, Katie Haber. There's also a commentary from, from film historians, Paul Sater, Garner Simmons, and Nick Redman, and also all the TV and radio spots and theatrical trailers, things that you normally expect on a release like this. Um, unfortunately, right now, the the Ronin flicks, if you go there for the, this exclusive, uh, it's you can't pre-order it. They don't, they're not, it's not going to be for sale until actually tomorrow. So you can't even buy the movie from them tomorrow until tomorrow. Now, I don't know if everything I've just listed right there is exclusive to them, even though they do have an exclusive, or if you can buy those, still buy those directly from Scorpion. It's kind of confusing. We talked about that before with Scorpion. They do amazing, amazing releases, but sometimes their their information gets a little convoluted and confusing. Um, this is one of those times because I can't. Right. Is, that's yeah. when I was having problems because I was like, well, where is it? And I click, you know, and then I start touching things and it just went, yeah, I was having some issues here. It, yeah. And, there's, and their website's not very well laid out. And I'm not shitting on them because look, they're, they're, they're putting their money into more important things like the movies themselves and the releases, which is all we can really ask for. They've got a few, they've got some great titles coming out um, as well as, you know, not just the killer elite, but rollerball, another James Conn favorite. Same, both dance tomorrow. Also. Yeah. Sharks treasure and blast fighter uh, all being released tomorrow. Uh, no pre-orders available. So yeah, man, you got to buy them. I mean, it's kind of cool that there's no pre-orders because it. Yeah. Resellers. That's what, that's what right. that's, I think that's what they're trying to combat it, is the Exactly, reseller. man. Yeah. It, it, right. Cause you know, some guy buys 40 copies of it and then there are no more and then he's, you know, he sells them double the price. So, you know, I, I kind of respect that, uh, you know, and Hey man, you don't need to pre-order everything. If you want something, fucking pay attention and order it yeah. when it comes out. <laughs> yeah. And then, and that, by the way, this, this is limited to a thousand. Don't be lazy. Yeah, that's the, the 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 slip the slip sleeve you mentioned is limited to the first thousand, so it's not limited edition the movie itself, but it is if you want to have that special slip cover, which a lot of collectors do. Yeah. Yes. What time on on the sixth? Is it midnight? Is it midnight where? <laughs> I know it's always East Coast, baby. <laughs> or is it Europe? Or is it GMT? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, dude. I'm. Where where are they? Where are you guys? Where are you, Scorpion? Yeah. Uh, where, 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 where is Scorpion? Where is Ronin Flicks? Ronin Flicks is stateside, aren't they? Yeah, you, you would hope. Dude, how about this? How about Camarillo, California? <laughs> Holy shit, Right, dude. so I guess, I guess that's Pacific Standard Time. 
<laughs> well, there so. you go, right in our own backyard. I may yeah. just drive over and pick one up. Corey, yeah, I might you have want to. You guys got will call. <laughs> hey, can I just come up and pick them to the door, please? Yeah, they put out a, that really cool American Werewolf in London uh, steelbook um, a short while ago. Ronan's kind of like a little bit like Diabolic. Yeah, kind of. I think they do is they just handle the importing of stuff. I got one more thing for you. Or not, and I think you're going to have one more thing after that, right? Yeah, one more thing. One more thing. So my one more thing is, again, on the free side, if you already have Hulu, and I, I decided to revisit Scrubs with the kid. He's been really hesitant about finishing Chuck because he he knows that it actually has a finite ending. And then he saw that Scrubs was, when I mentioned it to him, is nine seasons. He's like, oh, good. He's just avoiding the inevitable finishing Chuck and being sad. But so we do, we're diving back into Bill Lawrence's Scrubs. And Bill, you know, Bill's been done, done a few things after this. Of course, he did Cougar Town, which had an interesting run with it being on ABC. And then I think, where did it go from there? TBS? USA? I think TBS or TNT. Yeah, one of those. And uh, it was it was weird because they were looking for original programming, even though technically it wasn't original programming, but it wasn't syndicated. That's the thing. And they continued to show there. But Bill Lawrence has a, a again has a lot of fun with this their show and Zach Braff and uh, Donald Faison. Of course, our man John McGinley, who John McGinley. Oh my gosh. It's so funny watching the pilot with Joey and then just knowing where the show goes. And watching how much more nurturing um, John McGinley's character is in this first episode. He's still a ball buster, but he's still super nurturing. You can kind of see, right, at the end of the day, like when the last, when the last episode has, has played, he'll come full circle to that. You can, you can kind of tell that. But he's a, he busts chops throughout the whole thing. Uh, anyway, it's if you've never seen Scrubs, you've, you've, I know you've heard of it, but maybe you haven't watched it. It's super fun. Well, it was really weird when we were getting ready to talk about this. The last season of the show, it, it was they had a full re- retooling of the show for it to continue, and only Zach Braff, Faison, and McKinley stuck around, and they became like they became the teachers, and a whole bunch of med students came through, and one of those med students was Dave Franco. <laughs> I had no idea. I watched. A portion of the last season it was not uh it was not the scrubs that i knew and then you know i gave it a chance it just didn't hold up and maybe that's why i didn't remember franco being in it but again in 2010 i probably wouldn't have really recognized them anyway sure he, he's like he's like cousin oliver on the Brady bunch at that point <laughs> i think cousin oliver actually has a cameo in an episode of scrubs robbie he, robbie wrist Robbie wrist yeah I miss him. He was funny. What else was he on? What was he when he was a teenager? What was he on? Though? He was on like one HR Puff and stuff or some shit like that. I mean, uh, Sigmund and uh, the Sea Monsters. What the hell was it? Was he on Big John, Big John, Little John? Oh, yeah. He was on Sigmund and the Sea Monsters. Him yeah. and Johnny Whitaker from uh, Family Affair. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. Child. You know, why isn't why doesn't Pluto have a Sid and Marty Croft like Sid channel? Sid and Marty Croft channels. Jesus, right? Why don't they? Good Lord, dude. Oh, yeah, you know why? Because so I think maybe things. Shout does. I think I think Shout's got a bunch of titles from from that. See, I think yeah, I, dude. Because somebody should be showing Doctor Shrinker, fucking the Lidsville, the Bugaloos, Wonderbug, all those things. Speaking of Sid and Marty Croft, Electro Woman Dinah Girl was was made into a, a movie. I think we talked about it at one point, or like off the cuff, but it's actually on Prime right now. So I'm going to throw another little bonus one for you, a little Sid and hey. Marty Croft bonus for you. That's actually Marty Croft magic. I haven't watched it yet, but it looks super 
it looks super cheeky, but it looks from the trailer. It looks like they, uh, they make a ton of references to a lot of the shows that we just talked about and threw out there. But I don't know if there's a yeah. Bugaloo's reference. You know what I would like a big screen version of? Far Out Space Nuts. <laughs> dude, I love Far Out Space Nuts. Right? That and The Lost Saucer. Yeah, dude. What With Jim Neighbors the- and Roof Buzzy. <laughs> Remember, dude, and I kind of think I might have said this before, and I'm, I'm going to say it again. I don't care a shit. When we had Saturday morning cartoons, when that was a regular thing, remember what ABC used to do on Friday night before it started? Oh, yeah. They would, of course, before the new season would start? Yes. Yeah. They, they would run down all the new shows and the yep. new ones that were coming back and the, and the ones that were coming back. God, dude, that was so oh. cool. It was such a thing. Speaking of, I got my Thundar box. Thundar, the Barbarian. I haven't cracked into it yet, but I did get it. It took a <laughs> while, man. Warner Archives. What's up with that slow shipping? Seriously, dude. What, what, what the what? You remember how we were talking about John Biner? Yeah. Wasn't, didn't he show up on the gong show once in a while too? John Biner showed up on everything. That's it. You know, all, all anything, any of those kind of variety shows from the seventies, at some point, John Biner would show up, even if it was a walk on. Right. I saw him on the Glenn Campbell show. I was watching on shout TV, um, you know, cause they, they would show the, this, they show the Glenn Campbell show and fucking John Biner showed up on there. And one of the skits, Dom DeLuise, dude, I don't know if you're, but Dom DeLuise is on a lot of episodes of the Glenn Campbell show. Really? Like him and they, he was, yeah, he comes on and does these comedic bits and stuff. It's on Shout, I think, or whatever. On Shout TV, you, you can find it. They, uh, I saw it a lot during the pandemic. But yeah, man, Biner shows up on that. And I feel like Biner shows, you know, there, if there was a drop of a hat, Biner showed up at some point. Gary Owens, man. Talk about staples from our childhood. Gary Owens was everywhere when we were kids. I mean, he did Space Ghost. <laughs> Space yeah, Ghost, man. man. Space Ghost. People, some people, when they think of Space Ghost, they just think of the talk show, man. They don't understand, right? You know who he is, right? The Space Ghost, the Captain Caveman. He always did the narration for that, yeah. And then, of course, to the most important one from our childhood, he was the voice of Blue Falcon from Dino Mutt. Yeah, absolutely. Missed that crap, dude. From beautiful downtown Burbank. Um, he was good stuff, and he was the voice of Space Ghost. Just very clear, he's a narrator, and he was the voice of Space Ghost. <laughs> He's so good, man. The dude was around forever. I mean, he was, he was the, anytime you heard a newscaster's voice on the Green Hornet TV show, there he was. Roger Ramjet, he was the voice of Roger Ramjet. All before, that was way before our time. Like, we weren't even, like, an inch in our daddy's pants yet. No. As they say. I didn't realize, but he, he died six years ago. I thought he died much further back than that. I didn't realize it had only been six years. Yeah, man. Time flies. Time keeps moving. And we're, this is a, this is a nostalgia week, man. Nostalgia week. Nostalgia week. Nostalgia week. Oh, yeah. By the way. Yeah. Speaking. I remember, uh, you know, Joey and I really big on watching Batman, the Brave and the Bull, which is kind of a, was, which is whole redesign of the Batman visuals and everything like that. And Diedrich Bader was the voice of Batman and Bruce Wayne. Actually, I don't even think you ever see him as Bruce Wayne. I think he just was strictly Batman. You never saw him any any other way and this was just filled chock full of voices that you knew from a lot of places you know i'm speaking of 
there's a point where Space Ghost shows up on Batman, the Brave and the Bold. And I like, I was five again. It was like, it was such a big, Joey's looking at me like, what's wrong with you, dad? I'm like, oh my, Gary Owens. It was Gary Owens. Don't worry, son. You'll understand one day. <laughs> watch, make him watch a, make him watch a, you know, a Blue Falcon and Dynamite. Anyway, so my choice was Scrubs. <laughs> make him watch the Laugh Olympics. Dude, the Laugh Olympics ruled. Hanna-Barbera owned ABC when we were kids. Solid entertainment, God. man. I would totally take a, um, a far out space nuts or a lost saucer. Right. I don't know. It's my, I, I'm bad. It's Cause you know, you bring it up and it just, it's like a waterfall. <laughs> my brain explodes. Yeah. By the way, Ruth Buzzy is still heavily involved on Twitter, man. Yeah. No, no. She's out there throwing her old shtick out there and it was fucking rad. I mean, again, I'm not, I'm not even there anymore, but it was so cool. Only 16 episodes. Doesn't it feel like they did more than that? Of The Lost Saucer? <laughs> yeah. It feels like it went on. I mean, look, man, in my memory, there's hundreds of episodes. Uh, it, sure, there's probably, but I feel like, you know, part of the thing what they did with those, which was so brilliant, is they, they just showed you bits of them. Right. I guess there were probably 20-minute segments, I guess. But, you know, because in my mind, it was on for an hour, the show, right? And you'd get a little far out space nuts. You'd get a little lost saucer. you get a little segment in the sea monster this week. And then, then the next week, you'd get, you know, a little bit of Lidsville. you got your little puffing stuff. You know, you weren't getting it. So it wasn't like, you know, every week it was dropping an episode. They spread that stuff out. So it just seems like it. But I mean, they had tons of stuff. Dr. Shrinker, all that stuff, man. Because there's probably only 16 episodes. There's probably only 16 episodes of each one of them if, you, if we go deep and look. But um, yeah, man, that doesn't shock me. It does shock me that, there's, that it's only 16. But, you know, from the way that, uh, from the way they ran them. Uh, yeah, man, you spread that 16 out over like two seasons. Yeah, far out space. Three seasons. 15 episodes. Yeah, right? Seems like there's way more. Land of the Lost. See, Land of the Lost is probably the one that really carried, right? As far as their live action stuff. Three seasons. It's the only one, that got a, the only one they've made a movie about with Will Ferrell. Three seasons, 43 episodes. Bugaloos right. was like 17. Yeah, I think I feel like they're all about that, right? Like Dr. Shrinker is probably not more than 15, I would imagine. Oh, yeah. Sigmund was 29 episodes. Puffin stuff seems like there's a hundred of episodes, but I bet there's not. The Banana Splits was for two full seasons. That makes sense. But that's Hanna-Barbera. Banana Splits is Sid and Marty Croft, dude. I thought it was Hanna-Barbera. No. Because they made a Hanna-Barbera cartoon. Well, no, there is a Banana Splits cartoon, but that what I'm saying is this was this was theirs. Yeah, no, no, but I'm saying maybe they split off, you know, they, they bailed off of, you know, they, cause I know that they opened their own amusement park and everything else. Maybe they started with those guys. I don't know. That's weird. I would have to research it. Yeah. Now I might, damn it. Cause I just remember the banana splits would just start with that goofy, you know, the trawl song and they're all over six flags. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, and then you would go to danger Island, <laughs> but I guess that's probably, maybe that is Sid and Marty Croft. I think that was the last thing they did. I think they did the banana splits and then they bailed from Panna Barbera. Yeah, I think so. I think that's how it worked. And then they, they started their own thing with Puff and Stuff, right? That was that, the that first was, one. Yeah, Puff and Stuff was the first thing they did. And then after that, they just blew up Bug Loose, Lidsville. Oh my gosh, Lidsville. Yeah. Why don't you just say, why don't you say this is about right? drugs? Is, hey, Dad, what does Lidsville mean? Uh, Joey, you're way too, hold on. You know, ask me again in five years. Here's a, here's a funny one. 17 episodes of Lidsville, but it went from September 11, 71 to September 2nd, 73. I'm like, it took them two years to get through yeah. 17 well, episodes. 
I would imagine with all that weird puppet work and shit, you know, I mean, it is. <laughs> with all them getting high all the time. Yeah. And it is called Lidsville. By the way, I didn't know this, dude, but they produced a Donnie Marie show. It makes sense because I remember yeah, all the time. Puff stuff, I remember Puff and stuff showing up on the Donnie Marie show. But I figured that was just a crossover with these little white boots. But yeah. Yeah. Well, now we know. Donnie Marie. They were man. Donnie Marie smoking weed in Lidsville. I remember when, when on the show, Donnie was a soldier of love. When stop it. When they used to dude, that's a great song, by the way. It, it's a, that, that time frame we're talking about 88, right? 89, 88, 89, yeah. something like that. That song is, that's a nice little comeback song for him. It's really, it's a good pop song. But I remember when Donnie Marie show was on, they did nine to five because they were always doing contemporary music. Right. Right. And she did nine to five, but because they're Mormon, and they don't believe in in, in stimulants, working caffeine. Right. So when she says "pour myself a cup of ambition," she says something different, and she doesn't say "pour myself a cup of ambition." She like, doesn't even mention anything that would be determined to be coffee. I forgot what it was. I have to look and see if I can find it. But it was pour a, myself a cup of permission. <laughs> my mom, my mom had to explain it to me why that. Like why? Because right away, my because that song was so massive, right? I'm like, right. Wait, why did they change the lyrics? I mean, I didn't understand that kind of thing. And then she explained to me, I'm like, oh, okay. And until I was older, did I really understand what it was? But it stuck with me, obviously, because what was I, fucking eight? Uh-huh. Right. Nine, something like that. That's crazy. I never I never knew that. That's yeah. weird. That's also kind of weird. But yes, not uh, if you, yes, it makes perfect sense because, uh, well, because I grew up with a friend who was Mormon. So I know all about the no coffee, no caffeine things. So yeah, that's weird though. I, I never even would have put that together. By the way, here's a little, here's a little reminder about the whole thing with Dr. Shrinker and stuff. The reason why we never got a lot of episodes of those is because it was, they were smaller shows inside of the Croft Super Show. Right. That's why we didn't get a ton of them because Dr. Shrinker, Captain Cool and the Kongs. Remember that? Oh my God, dude. Oh yeah. Wonderbug. Electro Woman and Dino Girl. Wonderbug. Magic Mongo and Bigfoot and Wild Boy. Bigfoot and Wild Big Boy. Bigfoot and Wild Boy. God damn. Seriously, right? All those shows were with under the same umbrella for the Croft Super Show. They only did 32 episodes of that. So there you go. And you never knew what you're going to go. This is like coming back to me now. Right. You, you never, never knew what you're gonna what get. you were going to get. Which no, one of those shows you were going to yeah. It was fucking great. But here's what's interesting. Dr. Shrinker and Electro Woman and Dino Girl were dropped for season two, and they were replaced with Bigfoot and Wild Boy and Magic Mongo, and Wonderbug continued. How about that? Huh. Interesting. Interesting also to that. This is probably another reason why you and I thought there was more of them. Part of that first season, along with Dr. Shrinker, Electro Woman, Dino Girl, and Wonderbug, was episodes of The Lost Saucer. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yep. That makes sense. Yeah. So there you go. There's like one other person out there that goes, oh my God. <laughs> right. There's one person going, this is great, you guys. And everyone else has already turned this shit off. Fuck. What's, what do you guys have on Thursday? <laughs> right. So my second thing, uh, real quick, well, I'll, I'll go through this quickly. But uh, as, I, as you know, I powered through 10 seasons of Stargate SG-1. Yes, you did. Loved every fucking second of it, which led me to this. I'd never seen it. I I I, ba I barely recalled it. 
uh, until I started watching it. But uh, Amanda Tapping, who was one of the stars of SG-1, she played Captain Carter. Toward the end of uh, SG-1, she started showing, like, she wasn't in every episode. And I was like, what the fuck is that? So I I looked it up because there's a point, like, I think I told you Daniel Shanks left the show and Cornemic shows up for a season and Daniel Shanks comes back and toward the end, uh, uh, Richard Dean Anderson left, uh, Ben Browder replaced him for the last season and a half because he, you know, they, they all got and just started and Amanda tapping did the same thing, but Amanda tapping didn't leave because there was any sort of writers, you know, she wasn't protesting or wanting her part to be, or she didn't want to spend time with her kid. She left to start doing this other show called Sanctuary, which ran on the Sci-Fi Network from 2008 to 2012. There's like 59 episodes. I'm about a quarter of the way in. I'm like, uh, I'm like on number 13, I think. But Sanctuary Man is a lot of fun. It's it's goofy. It some of the effects are questionable because it is a Sci-Fi Channel. But I mean, it's it's kind of like. The X-Files crossed with Buffy the Vampire Slayer, if that makes any sense. It's a lot of fun, man. It's Amanda Tapping, Robin Dunn, Christopher Herdal, Herdal, I think is how you say his name. A lot of these actors I don't know except for Amanda Tapping. But like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, it doesn't really matter because you, you, get, you get into the characters. The basic premise of the show, so stem cells, gene therapy, cloning it's all changed the definition of humanity uh, in the in the world that we're in here but the the darker side of this is that there are monsters okay right and the sanctuary is run by Amanda Tapping what she does is she has created a sanctuary for these monsters and they all live you know some of them willingly some of them not willingly but rather than let them be hunted and killed she's providing sanctuary, you know, and every episode is they're either trying to keep something in somebody, there's a government plot to break, you know, but it's, it's really kind of a fun show, man. And I, and I wouldn't have discovered it if I hadn't spent the last three months watching Stargate SG one, <laughs> because I gotta say, man, I really like Amanda tapping. Uh, you know, you look her up, she, she's done a lot of TV work. I mean, 10 seasons basically of SG one, but you know, then sanctuary, uh, which I'm sort of discovering now, but, uh, you know, she was in the other Stargate thing. Things, but she's on Travelers now, I think, uh, or was on Travelers, was. which I think was a Netflix show. Um, super, she was on Supernatural. Right. I, it was, I yeah, I'm not, I'm not familiar with Travelers. I haven't seen it. Just like Travelers is just like Sanctuary. It's another one of those Canadian television crossovers to the U.S. With Eric McCormick, right from Grace and Will and Grace is in it. Yeah, dude, it's such a fucking. But just like with Sanctuary, it didn't get a, the ending they wanted. Okay. You know they they. Because, yeah, because Sanctuary had planned a fifth season. And I agree with you 100%. Dude, the show is really fucking fun. But I find that a lot of these imports from Canada are, are really fun, like like Travelers, like Sanctuary, um, Lost Girls, another show that I love the fuck out of. Clearly, as you were pointing out, that they're very much in, inspired by Buffy and, and Angel and that type of show. Because Sanctuary, like you're saying, Sanctuary and Lost Girl, they're like, Sanction a lost girl is about a succubus trying to like deal with the fact yeah. of discovering who she is. It's it's very much like Buffy, like Buffy discovering that she's a vampire killer, you know? <laughs> so it's like right, totally. it's, that, it's that kind of vibe. But yeah, dude, I don't know what it is about Canadian television development department, but man, they produce shows that are so fucking fun. And I agree, man. This this show is a super good time and 
they had planned that last season and then, and then sci-fi said, nope, which sucks. Yeah. Weird, man. I mean, cause I, I gotta say the first couple episodes, because there was a lot of exposition. Sure. They were, they were, I was like, okay, I, I you know, I'm going to give it a couple more because I could see where they're going. I just hope they get there quickly. And not that the first two episodes are bad or boring, but there's just a lot of exposition uh, you have to get through. Uh, but man, right around episode three and four, man, it, it just, this show picked up and it, it is super enjoyable, man, for what it is. Uh, you know, it, again, it's something I, I'll put on and I'll sit there and I'll watch it and uh, I can get up and walk around and listen, you know, and come back. And it, it's a show that I kind of, it's, you know, like I had said before, what is that show that you put on, you know, and knowing you may fall asleep and it may be okay, but you can watch it and fall until you fall asleep. And it's great. Sanctuary has replaced Stargate SG one because I finished it. I don't know, man. I, I, I mean, I'm late to the game obviously, but Sanctuary is a really fun show. It's on prime. So it's free. If you got prime, you know, it's something you might want to take a look at if you're just looking for something in that vein of Buffy or angel or any of those sort of Whedon shows, um, you know, that dollhouse, any of that stuff. God, we shouldn't be, should we should be saying Whedon. I'm saying that's, that's kind of the point is that the things that you liked about the, the, the worlds that Joss Whedon created without the Whedon. Right. Exactly. There yeah. <laughs> there you go. It's, it's, it's those, it's that type of show. It's a lot of fun, man. It, you know, and if you, if you're into superheroes, I mean, it's kind of, it, it's, it's, it's pretty dark, but not overly dark. It, it's not like every, every episode is not so sinister that you're not, you know, you, you're not going to want to watch it. Like I said, some of the effects, some of the effects are great. Some of them are very 2008 because that's when it was shot. So check out Sanctuary. It's on Prime. It's free. If you got Prime, let me know what you think. You know, shoot an email, drop us, drop us a line. Tell me I'm full of shit. You know, next week I'm going to come back. I am going to unload all of these Canadian TV shows that I fucking love the shit out of. Continuum was another one. Yes. There's such good stuff out there. And unfortunately right now, I don't know where, where if it's streaming. A lot of this stuff not even streaming anywhere anymore. Like you, I don't even think Continuum is available anywhere, which sucks because that was a super fun show too. Yeah, dude, there's lots of good stuff out there. And, you know, I've, I've noticed some people's free time is starting to shrink, right? Since things are starting to change. Sure. You know, I think we should be more excited about movies. I mean, you know, I got my shot last week. I got it a week ago today. You got yours. Yep. Um, I'm four weeks, well, three weeks away now from getting my other one. And dude, I'm going to get it just in time to go see that that uh, Scott Pilgrim reissue that's coming out the uh, last week of April. So I'm very excited to go see that, you know, in the theater. That's going to be my first movie theater, movie theater movie again. Yeah, man. That's funny, right? Open these, open them up, get your shots, go to the movies, yes. do stuff. Do that. But yes, yeah, so there you go. There's a rundown. Barbara and Star go to Vista Del Mar. Uh, the Killer Elite from Scorpion. Scrubs presently on Hulu. Um, maybe you already have the DVDs, but there you go. And Sanctuary. Sanctuary. And a bunch of other rad Canadian shows that you want to put, just put on your list because some of them aren't even available anymore. <laughs> well, it's funny, man. A lot of them are on Prime, which is bizarre. Yeah. I, I noticed inconsistencies too. I've seen like not even the complete series. It's like a couple of seasons. Right. And like it's season not, two. Right. <laughs> like season two only. I'm like, what? <laughs> right. How does that work? You're, you're going on YouTube trying to find the rest. Yeah, it's no fun. Yeah. 
Well, there you go. Uh, so if you want to follow us on social media, I am on Letterboxd, and that's Corey underscore Culp. If you want to support us on Patreon, thank you, Patreon supporters. It's patreon.com slash KITG podcast. If you'd like to follow me, you can follow me at Tom Cody on Letterboxd. That's Tom Cody Letterboxd. Correct. Sure.